0: Welcome to today's episode of Places, People, Purpose. Today, we're continuing on our series of episodes that cover the Grand Canyon. Can't wait to share more about this amazing place with you, so let's jump in. I'd like to recommend, again, a wonderful and comprehensive resource that I relied on in writing these podcasts, and that is the book titled Grand Canyon, The Complete Guide by James Kaiser. It is just a great book on the canyon, and we would highly recommend it to anyone who is either going to visit the Grand Canyon or would just like to know more about this mesmerizing and special place. If you'd like to purchase a copy of this book, we have it on the Our Favorites page of our website, placespeoplepurpose.com. Today, we're going to explore some of the earliest inhabitants and visitors to the canyon. The Anasazi people occupied the Grand Canyon region from approximately 1500 BCE to 1250 CE. It is believed that they flourished in and around the Grand Canyon for over 2,000 years. Then it appears that that after this time, and during a time of prosperity, they abandoned their settlements and vanished from the Grand Canyon altogether. No one really knows why there was such a swift departure. Some believe that the Anasazi fell victim to a severe drought. Others blame a depletion of natural resources, and others believe that there was a great war between neighboring tribes there isn't enough evidence from which to draw any solid conclusions at this time. What we do know is that many of the Anasazi moved south and merged with the Hopi and Zuni tribes. Within a few centuries, other tribes such as the Hamasupai, Walapai, Southern Paiute, and Navajo had also settled in the region of the Grand Canyon. The Hopi, are descendants of the Anasazi whom they call the Ancient Ones. The Grand Canyon is sacred to the Hopi who believe that both people and animals are merged into the present universe from a mineral spring near the junction of the Colorado River and the Little Colorado River. Today, approximately 10,000 Hopi live among three mesas and 13 villages on their 1.5 million acre reservation located east of the Grand Canyon. The Navajo were one of the last tribes to settle in the Grand Canyon area after arriving from Northwest Canada approximately 600 years ago. The Navajo believe that the Grand Canyon was formed when the humpback God stood in the center of the earth and dragged his cane across the ground. Like the Hopi, the Navajo consider the confluence of the Colorado and the Little Colorado to be sacred. After Spanish explorers introduced horses and sheep to the region in the 1600s, the Navajo became expert horseback riders and sheep herders. Today, there are more than 300,000 Navajo, most of whom live on the 27,000 square mile Navajo reservation, which spans parts of Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah. The Havasupai have lived in the Grand Canyon for over 700 years. The name Havasupai refers to the beautiful turquoise pools and waterfalls in Havasu Canyon, which is the Grand Canyon's largest side canyon. Over 500 Havasupai live in the village of Supai, located 2,000 feet below the rim of Havasu Canyon. Wallapai or Ponderosa Pine people, historically occupied the large pine forest above the Grand Canyon's south rim. Although listed as two separate tribes, the Havasupai and Wallapai, consider themselves to be members of the same Pai culture, which also includes the Yavapai of Central Arizona. All three tribes speak Yuman languages which were once spoken from Baja to Texas. Yuman is among the oldest language families in North America. Today, approximately 3,000 Havasupai and Wallapai people live near the Grand Canyon many in the town of Peach Springs, Arizona. The Southern Paiute settled the region north of the Grand Canyon around 1300 CE. By moving according to the seasons through a variety of elevations, the Southern Paiute enjoyed a wide variety of edible plants and wild game. The word Paiute comes from words meaning water people, a reference to their tendency to gather near springs and streams where water was plentiful. The tribe cultivated corn, beans, and squash. Today, approximately 2,500 members of the Southern Paiute tribe live in Arizona, Nevada, and Utah. Even though we know that the Spanish were attempting to colonize Mexico, and what is now the southwest part of the United States, they had little interaction with the Grand Canyon. Garcia Lopez de Cardenas and his party became the first white men to view the Grand Canyon, but it took them time to fully appreciate the magnitude of what they had discovered. They were shocked to learn that rocks which appeared from the rim to be only a few feet high were actually taller than the 185-foot tower of Sevilla in Spain. Now, comprehending the Grand Canyon's true dimensions, Cardenas turned his men around. No further colonization attempts were made until 1598, when Juan de Arnate founded Santa Fe, New Mexico. A few decades after that, Spanish missions spread west towards Hopi towns. The Hopi resented the missionaries, who sometimes engaged in violent oppression. Several of the local tribes planned an attack, and what is known as the Pueblo Revolt drove out the Spaniards and allowed the native tribes to regain control of the territory. The victory was short-lived, though, as 12 years later the Spanish army marched north to reconquer the same territory. While battles raged east of the Grand Canyon, tribes in the remote Western Grand Canyon remained relatively undisturbed. In 1776, a Franciscan missionary by the name of Francisco Tomas Garces, attempted to blaze a trail between the Spanish missions in California and the missions along the Rio Grande his journey led him up the Colorado River into the western Grand Canyon. Not long after the Garces' journey, another Spanish expedition by the name of the Escalante Party left New Mexico to find a northern route to the Pacific Ocean. By the time they reached the Sierra Nevada mountains, deep snows set in and they found the mountains to be impassable. Forced to abandon their mission, the Spaniards headed south and crossed the Colorado River near the northern tip of the Grand Canyon. Thus, the Escalante Party became the third and final Spanish expedition to visit the Grand Canyon. Even though the Spanish had relatively little contact with Native American tribes living near the Grand Canyon, Their presence had a significant impact on native life. We have previously talked about the impact of Spanish colonization on indigenous peoples and the introduction of diseases such as smallpox, which had a devastating impact. But there were also positive impacts from the Spanish presence in North America as they introduced horses, cattle, and sheep to North America, animals that quickly became vital to the cultures of many southwestern tribes. The Spanish also introduced new fruits, such as peaches, melons, and figs. Now let's turn to look at some of the earliest American explorers of the Grand Canyon. As we learned in prior episodes, Mexico won its independence from Spain in 1821. But much like Spain, Mexico also generally avoided the desolate region and the native tribes of the Grand Canyon remained relatively undisturbed. This changed following the Louisiana Purchase in 1803. In 1826, a trapping party led by Ewing Young became the first Americans to visit the Grand Canyon. Then in 1868, a man named John Wesley Powell decided to organize an expedition to explore the Colorado River. He was an unlikely candidate to conquer the Colorado as he was a one-armed college professor with virtually no whitewater experience. Nonetheless, he launched an expedition of four boats on May 24, 1869, with a stated objective to make collections in geology, Natural History, Antiquities, and Ethnology. On June 4th, one of the boats entered a large rapid that hadn't been scouted and the boat smashed against a rock and splintered into pieces. The men on board were able to swim to safety, but a third of the expedition's supplies were lost. By the time the expedition reached the official start of the Colorado River, Supplies were running low. On August 4th, the expedition reached the start of the Grand Canyon and power was spellbound by the beautiful rock layers. On August 27th, the men camped above the worst rapid of the trip. Many in the group doubted they could run it and survive. Three of the men abandoned the expedition and said they would climb out of the Grand Canyon No one ever saw these three men alive again. Powell and his men entered the rapid. Soon the waves grew so large that they could no longer paddle and just had to hold on for dear life. Amazingly, two days later, Powell's expedition reached the end of its journey. Powell's death-defying expedition is virtually impossible to imagine today his undersupplied ragtag collection of mountain men conquered the wildest, most unpredictable river in North America. Today, their journey is often referred to as the last great expedition of the American West. That's all we have for today. Join us tomorrow when we continue our exploration and discovery of the amazing natural wonder that is the Grand Canyon We look forward to having you with us for our next episode of Places, People, Purpose, where we create connections to our world.